Amen. Thank you. Take your Bible, please, and open once again to the book of Psalms, Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Beloved, today we're going to deal with this subject, trusting God in a pandemic. Trusting God in a pandemic. Now, the situation for David here in Psalm 34 was not a good one. It was a little bleak, in fact. At the top of the the Psalm 34, you may have some tiny little words in your King James Bible, and they'll say this, a Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. This situation that David found himself in could literally have cost him his life. And so it was very important that he draw close to the Lord. We today are living in threatening times where employment and cash flow and yea, health and life itself are put on the line. This pandemic is not over. We haven't even reached the halfway point. There's still more to come. We need to learn how to trust God in a pandemic. Now, God has promised that he will lead us through. He's promised that he will meet our needs He's promised in his word that he'll supply everything and God cannot fail. Hallelujah for that. I want you to know that God does allow threatening situations into our lives, just as he allowed this threatening situation into David's life. Why does God do it? He does it to prove his own trustworthiness. He does it to increase our faith and our trust in him. And so let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll ask God to open the eyes of our understanding, to to minister and to feed our souls today and give us manna from heaven that'll feed us and equip us to live for him this week. Let's bow for prayer. Our Father, once again, we ask for your divine blessing upon this time. Lord, may the preaching be pleasing in your sight. May it please you to use the scriptures and the, uh, the thoughts and encouragement that we share today to strengthen and build your people. Lord, I pray that if there be anyone watching this broadcast who has never yet understood and placed his or her faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you would please help them. Now lead on, O King Eternal, and teach our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the first three verses, I want you to see that God gives strength to trust in him. There is strength to trust in God. Look at the verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Now, what does this tell you? These three verses. It speaks of praise and glory and honor to God. Hallelujah for that. Oh, listen, you and I need to be in the habit daily of praising the Lord. We need to do that. We must lift our voices and our hearts daily to God and praise him. It's amazing what praising can do. I believe that when we worship God and praise him, several things happen. Number one, I believe that we get strength from God. We get peace and joy and strength. Number two, it drives the devil away. The old devil watches for when we're down. He tries to grind his heel into us. Beloved, this is a time 
right now, these days that are upon us, when we need to lift our voices, lift our song, lift our prayers to heaven. We need to be like Paul and Silas there when they were in the, uh, the prison and uh, they had been beaten. And around midnight, they started singing praises to God. This is what we need to do because this is a source of our strength for you and I to be able to trust God and get through the next weeks and months. We need God's strength. How do we get it? There's a source for this strength to be able to trust in God. And it's found here in the praising of the Lord. I believe also the filling of the Holy Spirit is somehow connected together with when we praise God. Now, obviously, sin in our lives breaks that fellowship with God, and we need to keep very short accounts with sin. If there's sin in your life, you need to confess that and put that away and and, uh, stay very close to God. But in praising him, I think that this somehow opens a door for the filling of the Holy Spirit that we're told about in the uh, scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5. In Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7, it tells us to, uh, by everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That idea of keep, it's sort of like a security force, a hedge of protection. Uh, During times like this, hearts fail. In fact, there's days coming upon the earth that we know to be called the tribulation time. And during these days, men's hearts will literally fail them for fear. And I believe that we're going through preliminary steps to the tribulation time. And we must not, we must not allow our hearts to fail us. And so we must have God's peace. We must praise God to get that strength to be able to trust him. And that's so very important that we do that. And Folks, we ought to just learn to praise the Lord every day. That's so very important. And if anyone wants to type in an amen into the chat right now, I think that would be appropriate. Now, number two, we come to assurance to trust God. We have number one, strength to trust God. We have in number two, now in the next couple of verses, assurance to trust God. Now look here um, at verse four. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Now here is the testimony of David himself. And he's assuring us that it works. It absolutely works. Look, he goes on in verse 5. Here's the testimony of even others. He says, they looked unto him and were lightened. And their faces were not ashamed. There are many others that have the same testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness. All down through the years, 2,000 years. Christians have come through good times and bad times, easy times and tough times, times of plenty and times of poverty. We've come through sickness and health and all kinds of things like that. And Christians all down through the ages have testimonies of God's assurance and faithfulness and that his promises are yea and amen. And we can depend on those very same promises for this pandemic this COVID-19, this thing, whatever you want to call it, that's engulfing the world, we can still trust in Almighty God. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. I'm wondering how many of you out there have seen God meet needs in your life. 
I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, Brother uh, Ellie and I were talking and he shared something with me I never forgot. He was talking about times when he and his wife, Arlene, had come through some tough times, some lean times, times of difficulty, financial difficulty. And he turned to his wife and he said, Honey, we've never been without rice. And I just fully understood what he was saying. I, I just appreciated it so much. Those words, we've never been without rice. God, God has always supplied needs. My own wife and I, my wife and I, we've, we've come through numerous times where times have been tough. There's been times where we literally had to take a, 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 a metal finder, one of these things that was given to us, and we went out into the park and we do 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 do. We looked for for uh, spare change, coins, pennies, dimes, nickels, whatever we could find in order to buy some bread and some milk. And that's true. We've been through times like that. But you know, there's nothing wrong with times like that. Those are good times when God shows Himself strong. Some of us may be going through some of those those times now or in the weeks to come. We may be going through those times. Listen, listen. I need to hear from you. I need to hear how you're doing. How can I pray for you? How can I get the deacons and the pastors to pray intelligently for you if we don't know how you're doing? Oh, beloved, it's so important. If you've lost your job, write in, tell us, email, text or something. Tell us. If your hours have been reduced, maybe you still have the job, but your hours have been reduced. Let us know. Let us know if you're having cash crunch or financial need or something. Let us know. And obviously your health. Let us know if you have a health problem. On Friday, I got a text from Pastor Ben Turner that one of the senior ladies in his church is in the hospital with COVID-19 and it's getting worse. We put out the prayer right away. We put out the, the prayer request to pray for her. Listen, how can we pray intelligently for you if we don't know your situation? It's very important that you stay in touch with us every week, every week. Give us a call, give us a text, an email, something. Let us know how you're doing. Would you do that, please? That would help us so much. Well, during these trying times, you need to be a channel of God's love and grace to other people. You need to let others know that there is a God in heaven that hears and answers prayer. You say, how do I do that? How do I do that? It's by letting Jesus be seen in you, in your eyes, in your voice, in the way you live. Because if you live like a scared rat on the sinking Titanic, then they're going to say, well, what's the difference between their life and ours? There's no difference. But they need to see a difference. There's a story told about some... Uh, prospectors back in the days of the gold rush. And this group of men decided that they were going to uh, strike it rich with gold. 
And so the few of them, they got all their possessions together and their pack mules and they, they went off. And it was a, a, an arduous journey. It was very difficult for them. And it took a long time, months and months. And um, uh, some of them, in fact, died in the process. And uh, the last two men remaining came and they, uh, uh, they were tired and weary and they were by a stream. And so they, they parked their, their mules there. And one of the men went down in the stream and, and he, he scooped up some water and he found a rock there. And he called to his buddy and said, uh, send over a hammer here. Let me take a look here. And his buddy brought him a hammer and he whacked this thing. And he says, look, he says, I think there just might be some gold in this here. And so the two of them, they got out their tools and they started um, uh, panning for, for the gold there and uh, all that day and the next. And they looked at each other and they said, we got it. We struck it rich. We struck it rich. Now, shh, don't tell a word of this to anyone. Let's go into town and let's buy more equipment that we need. And let's come back here and let's really mine this thing. And sure enough, they never spoke a word to anyone about the gold they found. But as they were coming back to where the stream was, where they found the gold, several other gold miners were following them. And sure enough, in the days to come, there was a lot of gold. And over the years, they, they had mined some millions of dollars out of, out of that area. And how was it that these other miners followed and knew there was some gold there? And one of the miners said, no, he never spoke a word, but it was the look on his face. It was the look in his eyes that I knew he found gold. And you know what? It's the same way with finding the Lord. When we find the Lord, there's a new light in our eyes and a joy in our face and our voice and expression, a new spring in our step. And it's something the world doesn't have. And beloved, right now with a pandemic upon the whole world, the world is depressed. The world is going into a need for counseling. And here we who know the Lord as Savior, we can rise above this sort of thing, knowing that God will meet our needs and we will see it. And I can guarantee that over the weeks and months to come, that we will see God miraculously supplying our needs and praise the Lord for that. You know, God really does hear us when we cry. Uh, he really does. When we pray out, pray to God, we, we really can expect that God will hear us. Now, some years ago, there was a, a man visiting a sheep ranch in Australia. And these sheep ranches in Australia have tens of thousands of sheep in them. And he came at the shearing time. And there's lots of uh, activity and uh, shouting and so on. And the bleeding of sheep as they're shearing the sheep. They, they do this. It's all part of their business. And this man who went on a little tour of the, uh, the sheep farm there, uh, he, sp he spoke to the owner a little bit and the owner said to him, you want to see something interesting? He said, watch this. And he went into where uh, the, the corral was, where they had some very tiny little lambs that haven't yet been weaned from their, their mothers. And he took one of these lambs and he took it out and he put it way out amongst the thousands of the sheep. And this little lamb now away from its familiar surroundings and away from its mother started to go bah, bah, but you couldn't really hear it over the noise of all the other sheep, the thousands of sheep and the sheep shearers saying, send in another one, send another one. But yet the mother of that sheep heard it. 
And the owner said to the, to the man that was visiting, he says, watch this. There's the mother. There's its mother. And sure enough, that mother was able to tune out all the other noise and distraction and focus in on the voice of her little lamb. And she found that little lamb in spite of all of the noise. And I'm telling you that God hears prayer. I'm telling you that God hears the bleatings of the, the, uh, uh, the sheep of his people. That God listens when we pray. He really honestly does. Look at verse 6. It says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. What are they? Some seven and a half billion people in the world today? Something like that. What a noise we make. And yet through it all, God is able to single out the individual who calls upon him. And that's what, that's what God says to us in the Bible. Call upon him while we may. And so we have, we have before us the strength to trust God and the assurance to trust God. But now we have the exhortation. Yes, God actually exhorts us to trust in him. Look at verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints. Here it comes. Don't miss it. For there is no want to them that fear him. God has promised to meet needs. I'm reminded of the story in 2 Kings chapter 6 of Elisha and his servant. And Elisha, the man of God, was hated in the eyes of the enemy king. And the enemy king sent thousands of his trained soldiers and horses and spearmen and so on to surround the house where he was staying. And early in the morning, the servant got up, opened the door and looked and all he could see were the enemy soldiers. He rushed back in and he said to his master, he said, we're in trouble. The enemy, Elisha, then prayed. He, he said to him, no, he said, there are more with us than there are with them. Now that's contrary to what the eye can see and the ear can hear. And that's why I tell you that the things that are unseen are often more important than the things that are seen. All we see are those physical things around us. What we don't see are the hosts of heavenly angels that surround them. And sure enough, Elisha prayed for his servant. God opened the eyes of the servant and he was able to see the hosts of God's armies all around. Elisha was right. There are more with us than there are with them. Did you know that God has all the supplies of heaven there at his disposal? And God will direct those supplies whithersoever he will. That's why you and I need to trust in him and cry out to him and make our needs known to him every day. And he will supply. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 we're told these words, Greater is he that is in you. That's Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that is so very true. That Christ is so much greater. Um. Got another story for you. Another Australian story. I'm full of Australian stories today. But there was a missionary in Australia a number of years ago who had to go to a certain place and pick up a certain quantity of money and bring it back to, I believe it was an orphanage. And so he had no problem getting to where he was going. But the journey back, he was afraid. He was afraid because 
of highwaymen and robbers along the way. And there was a robber who was waiting in a small area ready to pounce on anyone who came down that trail. Here was the missionary walking with this pouch of money, very scared. And he decided, he just felt urged in his heart to start praying out loud to the Lord. And so as he's walking along, he's praying and he's talking to God out loud. The robber, the highwayman, hiding there, ready to pounce, heard the talking and thought, there's more than one. There's two or more. I'm not going to attack. The missionary was able to make it safely to his destination. The highwayman later, sometime later, told some others of what happened. Word finally got around. You know how word spread. It got around finally to the missionary. The missionary realized right then and there, God's protection. God's protection. God had prompted him to pray out loud. And in so doing, in so trusting, he was in a secure environment. And so will you and I be during this pandemic. Look at verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Have you ever met anyone who's never tasted peanut butter or a hot dog or something? And then you try to explain to them what it tastes like. Well, it's near impossible to explain what the taste of peanut butter is like. You have to try it. You've got to put the spoon in and put it in your mouth and mm, now I know what peanut butter tastes like. Years ago, there was, I believe it was over in, in Russia, I believe the story went, uh, during the early days of the Bolshevik Revolution, the communist takeover and so on, back in the early 1900s, there was a particular atheist who stood up on the, the uh, uh, little platform in the, uh, the town square with all of the people. And for the, the better part of a half hour, he berated Christianity. He berated all religion. He was an atheist and proud of it. And he had his, his evidences that he put forth to the people concerning atheism. And he said, now, if any of you can prove me wrong, do so. Come up here on the platform. After a few moments silence, an elderly man shuffled his way through the crowd and got up on the platform. The atheist looked at him and scoffed and said, old man, you think you can refute my logic and my science? And the old man said, I'm going to give it a try. Be my guest, said the atheist. And with that, the old man reached into his pocket and he took out an orange and he started to peel the orange and he started to eat the orange. And when he finished, during which time the atheist was, was getting madder and madder and waiting for him to refute all of his atheistic logic, his toes were tapping, his fingers were drumming, waiting for the old man. And finally the old man finished his orange and he turned to the atheist and he said, well, how was that? How did that taste? And the atheist said, how should I know? I didn't eat it. You're the one who ate it. And the old man said, exactly, he said. Years ago, I heard the claims of Christianity. And it was only when I trusted in Christ, I tasted and I saw that the Lord is good. Same with us. You're never going to convince a man against his will. A man has to open his mouth and taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Oh, isn't it wonderful to know that God is a God of love and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's good to know. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And if you know the Lord as your Savior, you will know exactly what that means. That God is good and we trust in Him. And we need to put our faith in God's promises, in His provision, His protection. We need to put our faith in His promises to provide when we, when we give by faith to protect when we serve him, to bring forth fruit for the word of God that we share with others. Listen, there's a a interesting story about when God supplied a banquet. There's a missionary that I read about back 60 years ago. He came upon, he and his wife came upon some very lean times and it was a very difficult winter and a huge snowfall. They were right down to their last few potatoes. The snow had covered in all of the roads, made difficult uh, traveling very difficult. He sat down, his wife put this little bowl of a couple of potatoes in front of him and said, sweetheart, this is it. This is all we got. Well, the missionary thought God has supplied us at least these potatoes. He bowed his head. He gave thanks to the Lord. After he said, in Jesus' name, amen, there was a knock at the door. They went to the door and opened it. It was a a neighbor who sent his wife over. Apparently, this neighbor worked for a a small, um, not a logging firm, but one of those outdoor woods kind of companies. And they were expecting all those men, all those workers over to their home. And so she had cooked a banquet, but with the heavy snowfall, none of them were able to come. And so he sent her knocking on the door, asking if they would like to come and have supper with them. Now, this is a missionary that I know of. I've not met him, but I know of him. And so he and his wife gladly accepted the invitation and they went from a couple of boiled potatoes to an incredible banquet. And God is able to supply banquets in the midst of snowfalls and boiled potatoes. God is able. And if you have an answer to prayer, if you have God do a little miracle, I want you to share that with me. I want you to tell me how God has met your needs and supplied for you. I want to know about that. That's very important. So we're told in the rest of the verses, we don't have time from verse 11 to verse 22. We're given instructions to trust the Lord. But once more, verse 17, if you just look at it, please. Actually, verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Now, verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. I don't know how lifeguards do it. They can be perched on their little pedestal there. There could be hundreds, sometimes thousands of people on the beach, out in the water and so on. And their eyes are looking. But how is it that they can hear the voice of someone who's in trouble? And there's just something about the cry of someone in trouble that seems to pierce through all the other noises and the lifeguards hear it. And so many people down through the 
years, their lives have been saved because of a lifeguard sitting there, waiting, listening, looking. And our heavenly father is something like that too in times of need. Now, as I said earlier, if you've lost your job or if you've had your job hours cut down, I want you to let me know. If you've been feeling ill or sick, I want you to let me know. Call us, email, text, let us know so we can pray for you. But I know this, that our Heavenly Father knows exactly what's happening and what you're going through. And He will meet your needs. If you're listening to the sound of my voice on this broadcast today, and you've never yet committed your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, would you bow your head in prayer with me?